2007, I have not been able to come to be with you in South Africa. That is a real loss to me, but uh, we look to the Lord for the future. His arrangement, obviously, with the pandemic and limitations and restrictions, um, we're limited to physically come. But I'm really, really thankful to the Lord for the wonderful provision of Zoom. We can still meet together. Uh, the reality of our meeting is in the spirit, and in the spirit there is no separation and there is no distance. So we will all exercise our spirit today. I will exercise to present this message, and we can all exercise our spirit to receive and enjoy the wonderful content that the brothers have prepared for us. Uh, the, um, I'd like to begin by reviewing... Uh, the conference title and briefly message one in case some of the saints uh, that are with us this morning were not uh, able to join last night. The uh, title, the general subject of this conference is the intrinsic and organic building up of the church as the body of Christ. The intrinsic and organic building up of the church as the body of Christ. So, as our brother shared last night, um, the, the church is the procedure, but the goal is the built-up body of Christ, which is the prepared bride, and this will consummate eventually in the New Jerusalem. The, the title of our conference, The Intrinsic and Organic Building Up of the Church, the original source text for our conference is this book, The Organic Building Up of the Church as the Body of Christ, uh, as the Organism of the Processed and Dispensing Triune God. So the five uh, conference messages are actually the titles of the five messages in this book. Um, the intrinsic essence of the church for its organic existence. This is what we covered last night. This morning, we're going to cover the intrinsic growth of the church for its organic increase. Then we have the intrinsic building up of the church for its organic function. The intrinsic fellowship of the churches for their organic relationship. And then finally, the intrinsic factor of the winds of teaching for their purpose. So that was the, the five, the five um, chapters in this book, uh, a conference given by Brother Lee in 1989, 31 years ago. What I would say is the outlines that are before us are a development and an advance on the material that our brother released in that conference and in those chapters. Thank the Lord. He is always going on. He is always advancing. He is always growing. He is always developing. So this book is a wonderful, helpful base text. Uh, so if you have the opportunity to purchase it and read it, very wonderful fellowship. But the material we have in these outlines is definitely an, a development and a, an advance on what our brother released 31 years ago. Um, so 
I wanted then to just define according to the ministry. We have these terms, intrinsic and organic. The intrinsic, um, the intrinsic essence of the church for its organic existence. These are, you could almost say, somewhat technical terms. But let's uh, see what the ministry says about these words. Well, intrinsic, the intrinsic essence, the intrinsic growth, the uh, intrinsic building up, the intrinsic fellowship. Well, intrinsic means, according to the ministry, something inward, something hidden. If something is intrinsic, it's somewhat hidden. You can see me, uh, you can see me functioning, you can see me speaking, but intrinsically, there's something that causes me to speak, to move, to act. That is my life. My human life intrinsically is operating, and that has um, an expression, a result, which is what you're hearing right now. So uh, intrinsic also means something the, related to the essential nature of something, the essential nature. In the, in the book that I just showed you, Brother Lee says that anything intrinsic is fine, is fine. Maybe we could add detail, is fine. And then uh, one other um, quote from the same book, because it is organic, it is intrinsic. So there is a relationship between the word uh, intrinsic and the word organic. They are related to the life and specifically the divine life. And then the word itself, organic, I think that's pretty straightforward. Organic, something that is full of life. So the intrinsic essence of the church uh, related to the divine life for its organic existence. Our church, well, even ourselves, ourselves personally, our small becoming vital groups, our church life should be organic, not merely organizational, not merely um, a form, this is a term our brother used last night, not formal, but organic, living, full of life. So these two words, coming back to the conference, the intrinsic title, the intrinsic and organic building up of the church as the body of Christ. There is only one way we can arrive at God's goal, which is the body of Christ, the built-up body of Christ, the only way is the intrinsic way and the organic way, the inward way, the essential way, the living way. So I hope it's clear and will become clear throughout the whole of this conference. We need life, and we need it abundantly, as the Lord himself said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So this weekend, may we focus our whole attention on the Lord as life. 
May we open our being as we've never opened before. Lord, I turn. I turn my whole being to you. I set my mind on you. I open my heart to you. Lord, come in as you've never come in before. Fill me. Lord, grow in me. Grow in my fellow brothers and sisters. Grow in our home meeting, our group meeting. Lord, grow in the church. Lord, grow in the brothers that are taking the lead in the church. These are intrinsic and organic prayers that the Lord is very happy to uh, answer. So intrinsic and organic. Then maybe we could just quickly, before we go to message one, the contrast between intrinsic versus extrinsic. Well, intrinsic is something inward, something hidden, something fine. Extrinsic is outward. And of course, we need the extrinsic things. We need the church. We need the local church. Our brother pointed out last night, it's the procedure that brings us to our goal. We must have the extrinsic things. But those extrinsic things must have an underlying inward intrinsic reality. Um, because it's possible you could have the outward appearance, but not really have that much of the inward reality. So our focus this weekend are on the intrinsic things that issue in our extrinsic outward church life. But the goal is something intrinsic. The goal is the built-up body of Christ. And then uh, organic versus organizational or organic versus formal. This is the contrast. Um, I would suggest that organizational is somewhat lifeless. The church is not an organization. organization. The church is an organism. The church is something living. So in the church, we don't have organization, but we do have organic arrangement. Again, this is our brother's utterance. We don't have organization, but we do have organic arrangement. So even the matter of the chairs in the meeting hall, are they just organized? put together, or are they organically arranged as some brothers, some dear trainees, some saints take the time to arrange the chairs for the saints? There's an arrangement, but as they're doing it, they're praying over every chair. Lord, bless the person sitting on this chair this morning. Lord, may our arrangement of the chairs be the best for the release of the divine life, for the enjoyment of our uh, gathering together this morning. You can see quite a difference. The chairs are organized. Someone did it formally, or the chairs are organically arranged. Someone prayed over it. Someone considered. Someone pour, you know, prayed blessing on the chairs that are for the meeting. There's an extrinsic meeting, an outward meeting, but it's backed up by much intrinsic prayer and blessing. So this is our conference, the intrinsic and organic 
building up of the church as the body of Christ. So at every level, beginning personally, moving on to the level of our group and our home meeting, to the level of our district, to the level of the whole church, to the level of the churches in Southern Africa, to the whole earth, at every level, we want to take the intrinsic and organic way. Amen. So coming to the first message by way of a quick review, the first message, the intrinsic essence of the church for its organic existence. And Roman 1 of the outline, this is message 1, reminder, the intrinsic essence of the church is the divine life which generates the church. So even to be a member of the church properly, we need the divine life. We need to be regenerated. But that's just the beginning. That life in us needs to grow. That life in us needs to mature. That life in us re needs to reach uh, full maturity, re reaching a measure of the stature. We'll see about this in message two. Uh, a in this outline says the intrinsic essence of the church is the divine life. The indestructible life, which is the resurrection life of Christ, is the process and triune God. I love this term in, uh, in A, the processed and now dispensing triune God. Are you this very moment enjoying the now dispensing? I am enjoying the now dispensing. I hope you are too. Even in the midst of, I'm looking at some of the cameras, maybe some of you have lots of very vital children in the background making lots of noise. Praise the Lord. They're living. They're a good picture. They're a good pattern. We should be as vital and living as our five and six-year-olds who are bouncing all over the house. That's how we should be in the church life. But in the midst of all of the busyness, the distractions, may we be the ones enjoying the now dispensing triune God. Um, the process, this is another point on the outline just to strengthen this. The process and now dispensing triune God is one, and he is the very essence of the church. He's the essence, the intrinsic essence of the church is the now dispensing triune God. And a point that I enjoyed very much from our winter training or December training on uh, the crystallization, um, crystallization study of Job uh, was this point about Paul uh, enjoyed the today Christ, the now Christ. Um, and it says we as Christians should not live in the future, and we should not look back to the past, but enjoy the now Christ, the today Christ. We only have today, dear saints, Saturday, the 13th of March, 2021. We have today. May we enjoy the now dispensing triune God as our intrinsic essence and the intrinsic essence of the church. Then going down, Roman 1c says, Christ became the intrinsic essence of the church through the impartation 
of his divine life as the firstborn son of God. So we have the divine life, the intrinsic essence. We have the processed and now dispensing triune God as the um, intrinsic essence. And now we have who? The, the Christ who is the firstborn son of God. And when that essence gets into us, it makes us the many sons of God. When that life gets into us, it also, in the next point, makes us the many branches of this wonderful, organic, divine, divine vine, the vine tree, the tree of life. And it says in D1D, when the branches of the vine, that's you and me, organically and livingly grafted into Christ through our regeneration and baptism, uh, when the branches of the vine receive a sufficient flow of the life-giving spirit as the life juice of Christ, they bear fruit as the overflow of the inner life supply. Absolutely amazing. So we talk much about fruit bearing in the church life. And there's the aspect of multiplication but there's also the aspect of intrinsic growth. Well, our fruit bearing should be the overflow, the outflow, the result of the life that we are enjoying. And I can say, I can testify, and this is the truth. The more life we enjoy, the more divine life we enjoy, the more fruitful we will be personally growing in the divine life but also flowing out this life into other people dispensing this life if you're enjoying the now dispensing triune god there's every possibility that you will then be a now dispensing christian if you're shopping at uh, woolworths or pick and pay and you're enjoying the now dispensing, trying God. There's every possibility that when you get to the cash register, the now dispensing, trying God, which you're enjoying while you're picking and now paying, you will flow out something, just a little word, a little word uh, concerning the person that you're enjoying. So this is very, very practical. This is the kind of personal Christian life and corporate church life we should have. Enjoying the now dispensing and then now dispensing, now flowing out the very one that we're enjoying. Amen. Then we go to Roman 2 in this wonderful outline. We need to see and experience, which is our vision and our practice. The organic existence of the church. And I like to be, it says the church is spreading. Hallelujah. The church is spreading in Southern Africa. Hallelujah. Wonderful. In many localities, not only in, not only in Southern Africa, but on the whole earth. As the many local churches. So the universal church is spreading as many local churches to be his local expressions. And our brother pointed out last night in a very helpful point. He said, well, what if your place 
is smaller than a local church. Well, he mentioned this term, the vital groups. And we will periodically touch this matter throughout the conference. So if you don't have a church where you are, can you have a vital group where you are? Absolutely, you can have a vital group. And if it is truly vital, it will automatically increase. That is the secret of the vital groups. So I would like to use the term uh, intrinsic and organic. Is that related to the word vital? I think it is. So we could perhaps rename our vital groups the intrinsic and organic groups. Because I think we do tend to label things outwardly. Because we come together on a Friday night and we enjoy something of the Lord, we say we're a vital group. But is it truly vital? Well, it's helpful, intrinsic and organic. Am I intrinsic and organic in my daily Christian life? If I am, and I come together with other Christians who are intrinsic and organic in their daily personal Christian life, I think that might very well be a vital group. We don't label it that. We are that, provided we are intrinsically and organically enjoying the now dispensing, full of life, triune God in Christ as the Spirit. Okay, then just to go to Roman 3. So the local church, intrinsic and organic, if, uh, 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 the vital group in uh, our home meeting, intrinsic and organic, our personal walk with the Lord, intrinsic and organic. And we need this, dear saints. We need to be reminded if it's our experience and practice, wonderful. But I think, honestly, all of us can testify, Lord, I need to be more intrinsic and more organic with you. I don't think there's anybody on this call, including the brothers speaking, who could say, I have arrived. None of us have. So the Lord is speaking to us. He's telling us, I want my body. I want my built-up bride. I'm longing to come back. But I cannot come back until, this is Ephesians 4.13, we all arrive at a full-grown man, at the measure of the stature of Christ Jesus, of the person of Christ. We all arrive. It's not enough for me to arrive or another responsible brother or leading brother. We all have to arrive. And so we should be so burdened, not just for ourselves, but for one another. That's why we have vital groups, so-called. At least we have home meetings. We should be aspiring, and I would say a very important key to the vital groups is prayer. At every level, your own personal growth, the group growth, the church growth, the secret is prayer. Something intrinsic, something hidden, something fine, something detailed, something that really requires the life supply to carry out prayer 
The more we pray personally and corporately, the more we will absolutely become vital and see the vital and organic increase in our Christian life, our group life, and our church life. Okay, Romans 3 of uh, message 1. We must continuously exercise our spirit. I added the word here, daily. But I suppose if you're continuous, then that's probably daily. But anyway, I put it in there. We must daily, continuously exercise our spirit. Again, the key, where does the Lord come into? He comes into our spirit. But he doesn't want to just stay in our spirit. He wants to grow and spread from our spirit into my mind, my motion, my emotion, and my will. The mindset on the spirit is life, life and peace. So we saw yesterday in the message, uh, our love for the Lord is very much related to the way we think. We were betrothed as a pure virgin to Christ. But then Paul says, I'm concerned that somehow as Eve was deceived, your thoughts would be corrupted. So we need to set our mind on our spirit, and then our mingled spirit becomes the spirit of our mind, spreads into our mind, the leading part of our soul, spreads into our emotion. Uh, we find that we love the Lord more. God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, but of love, a spirit of love. That's what it says in Second Timothy, of power strengthening our will to make the right choices and of sober-mindedness to think uh, correctly concerning our, ourselves and even to think the right things about one another. How many times do we think, oh, that brother, oh, that sister, not positively. So we need this spirit and we need to exercise our spirit and we need to turn our heart to the Lord in order to stay on the way of life, this is the organic way, uh, in the reality of the intrinsic essence of the church for its organic existence. Saints, I read this in my heart. There's something stirred up. Lord, do this. Make all the churches in Southern Africa, all the churches on the earth, may we have an organic existence based on an intrinsic reality. Save us from formality. Save us from routine. Save us from organizing apart from enjoying you as the spirit and as life. And then um, there's a wonderful prayer uh, in what? C4, C3. We should pray, O Lord, search my thoughts and rescue my thoughts so that they can focus solely and entirely on you. And then finally, D, um, may we continuously receive the merciful compassions of God so that we may, and it just, yeah, wonderful, we may remain on the way of life, the line of life, and in the maintenance of life by enjoying Christ as the tree of life, in the flow of life, for the building, God's building in life, by our growth in life. I think we get the point. It's the life, life, life. 
that makes us want to shout. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This would be another Brother Dick moment. He would break into singing. It's the life, life, life. I won't do that right now, but just as a little reminder for our beloved brother. This is for us to remain in the intrinsic essence of the church for its organic existence. Amen. Praise the Lord. So intrinsic and organic. Um, just checking with my notes. Yeah, so just one other thing I would just say here. Without the divine life, without the processed and now dispensing triune God, without Christ as the spirit, the church is an empty shell, a human society, a lifeless organization. I don't think, I don't think there's, I hope, I trust, I believe there's not a church on the earth that is an empty shell, a human society, or a lifeless organization. But could the life level in our church, could the life level in our home meeting, could our personal life level go up? Absolutely. And we need the life level to go up that we can have this organic existence of the body of Christ. The goal is, I teach the body of Christ. I'll be doing that next week in Pretoria. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we talk very much about the reality of the body of Christ, not just the doctrine, not just the truth. The same way we know the truth concerning the church. We know what the proper arrangement of the church should be one church one city we can we know this and it's actually possible that we could organize and arrange groups of believers to you know outwardly become the church in a place but surely we need the intrinsic and organic reality then that is a genuine church living in the reality of the body of Christ. May the Lord get this in Johannesburg, in Durban, in Cape Town, in Pretoria, in Nilsbrut, in uh, all the other places in South Africa and all the other wonderful, beautiful countries around and, and cities in those countries. May there be a local church as the organic expression of the now dispensing triune God where we are. If we don't have a church, it can begin. It will begin if we have a vital group. The vital group will grow. The vital group will multiply. And eventually you stay on this way of life. The church will be produced where you are. Okay. So we'll now come to, that's 30 minutes of my message, and we're now at message two, amen, but I hope the review was helpful, helpful to me. Now we come to the second message, the intrinsic growth of the church for its organic increase. And again, at the beginning, I'd like to point out, there's two aspects of increase. There is the aspect of life level, and there's the aspect of multiplication. So we see in John 15, 
the branches are grafted to the vine. And even the Lord said, I set you that uh, you should go forth and bear fruit and your fruit should remain. Well, surely that's multiplication. But even if you look, if you follow the life cycle of a vine tree after the flowers uh, begin to change into little tiny fruits, you can't say there are not grapes there once the change begins, but I don't think you would enjoy those grapes very much. Very small, very green, very bitter. So what needs to happen to those remaining fruit? They need to grow. They need to mature to be mature, ripe fruit for our enjoyment. So the same principle uh, there needs to be intrinsic growth for the church's organic increase. We absolutely must have a gospel heart, uh, but we also have to have a heart to what, according to the God ordained way, not just beget new ones, we need to cherish them, we need to nourish them for their growth, we need to perfect them to become prophesying building members of the body of Christ. So there is an increase in quantity, but there must be an increase in quality. And we cannot ignore either. We can't just be inward, you know, just caring for our own personal growth and our small group. You know, how about again, the same thing, our small group? Well, has there been increase, numeric increase in our small group? If there hasn't been, we should ask, Lord, why has there not been a numeric increase? And we should pray about that, and we should look to the Lord and be desperate about that. Lord, what about the numeric increase in our group and in our church by extension in the church? And I don't think we should wait for the brothers to organize a gospel outreach. If we're intrinsically vital and living spontaneously, personally, we can practice preaching the gospel. Even our group might have some feeling to go to a local supermarket, set up a table, hand out recovery versions or tracts and speak to people. We don't, and of course, there's, it's wonderful that the church wants to arrange something, but better if we, in fellowship with the church, in fellowship with the brothers, that's message four, by the way, fellowship, uh, in fellowship, take the lead to go out and spread this wonderful divine life. But then the ones that we bring in, we don't just, okay, great, they're now in our home meeting. We need to nourish them, cherish them, perfect them, grow them, so that the Lord has not only a numeric increase, but also an organic vital growth unto maturity of all the members of the group and of the church. Okay, and then again, that's organic increase. So my point here is this. I would suggest that life level is primary. Numeric increase is secondary. 
life level. Now, I know it says go out, go forth and bear fruit. But the going forth and bearing fruit is uh, a result of the vine, the branches abiding in the vine, the branches themselves growing and spreading. Only when there's a level of maturity, as we read, read in the first message, um, uh, when, when the branches sufficiently absorb enough of the life juice, there's the increase. So life level is primary, but we don't want we don't want to be unbalanced. So life, life, life for me, life, life, life for the brothers and sisters in my group. But we never go out. We have to have both. We have to have balance. And it should be, it just should be automatically and spontaneously. If I am full of life, there's something called the fullness which is the expression of the riches, the fullness, the church, his body is the fullness of the one who fills all in all. If I am filled, there will be an overflow. There will be an outflow automatically and spontaneously. I won't have to quote, quote, go into gospel mode, do the gospel. I will be the gospel. Because I'm just vital, I'm full of life, and full of activity. Just mentioning that, vital, Brother Lee says, vital, and he said, my understanding of the word vital is living and active. Living and active. That's vital. So our group, our group, is it a vital group? We're living, we enjoy the Lord on a certain night of the week. But also, are we active? Not just active in playing guitar, enjoying food and fellowshipping. How about going out and being active? Again, the dear saints on this call, on this message, that have young children, they're definitely living. If they're not active, there's usually a, a problem. Yevon and Bronwyn, I can see you for sure you know. You have living children. Also very active children. Praise the Lord. The only time they're not active is either when they're asleep or sick. So how about us? Are we asleep? Are we sick? Well, if we're vital, we will be living and active. So the life level needs to go up. And then um, just before we get into the outline, uh, again, intrinsic, these words, inward, hidden, essential, fine, and organic. I've mentioned all of these terms in the review of message one. Intrinsic means inward, hidden, essential, fine, and organic. And I just wanted to touch on the word hidden. Something intrinsic is something hidden. Well, we should have, if we are to be vital, we must have a hidden life. A hidden life with the Lord. Your father who is in secret. Even this is his temperament, according to one of the recent trainings that we had. Our God has a temperament that he does not like ostentation. He likes to do things in secret. Well, we do have to have an outward Christian life. But there must be a hidden, secret, personal Private, 
affectionate, and two words I've recently added, scheduled and guarded time with the Lord. In most activities, if it's not scheduled, it doesn't happen. If I don't schedule replying to emails, oh my goodness, I forgot to reply to that brother. Or, you know, so scheduled, a time, scheduled time with the Lord, a hidden time with the Lord, guard it. You can be sure. This is my experience again and again and again. I determine I will have a time now. How many texts arrive just as I begin that time with the Lord? How many phone calls from a dear brother arrive or dear sister as I'm about to have the time? So again, guarded time. Probably throw your phone out the window for that time or put it away or turn it off. Okay, so uh, some verses, Colossians 3.3, 3, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Do you want to be vital? I want to be vital, living and active. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Isaiah 37, 31, Judah will take root downward and bear fruit upward. What's the secret of upward fruit bearing? It's downward growth into the rich soil of Christ, who is our good land. Okay, so we'll come now to uh, Roman 1 of this wonderful outline. Roman 1 says the intrinsic growth, the organic growth of the church is the growth in the divine life which is the processed and dispensing, we can add the word now, now dispensing triune God. Even as we're listening to this message, Lord, thank you, you are now dispensing. Lord, I open to receive the riches in your word and in this ministry. Lord, constitute me right now with your wonderful life. Amen. A says the church grows, hallelujah, in this life, by this life, with this life, and through this life. We were born of the divine life, which is God himself, and now God is causing us to grow. One of the verses here, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted, says Brother Paul, Apollos watered. But God caused the growth. God causes the growth. God causes the growth by dispensing himself as life into us. God is not apart from the growth. God does not at a distance wave his hands over us and say, grow, grow, little Christian. No, he adds himself. And so on our part, as our cooperation, what must we do? We must contact God. We must touch God. We must eat God. We must open our being. We are vessels. Paul's 14 epistles can be summed up in two words. Open vessel. If you would like, and I'm sure we all, we do, we all want this. If you want to be organic, 
vital, living, and active. We must be a turned and opened vessel and a cleansed vessel. Also cleansed. We need regular times. Servicing, can we call it? Confession, repenting, confessing, emptying out, clearing away. Uh, so we can make room for God, who is the growth factor, the growth element in our being. If we are faithful to do this, dear saints, we will see a difference in our personal life, in our home meeting life, group life, vital group life, and our district and church life. Amen. Colossians 2.19 speaks of the growth of the body, which is the growth of God within us. I love this verse. It says, and not holding the head, but we'll just take out not, because Paul is talking about a negative situation. Colossians 2.19, and holding the head, laying hold of, pursuing intensely, even persecuting, holding the head out from whom all the body being richly supplied and knit together by means of the joints and sinews grows with the growth of God. So let's just hit on the essential point here. Holding the head, all the body grows with the growth of God. You want to grow. The secret is we need to hold the head. I would suggest the best way to begin our day is to have a time with the Lord. That's our reaching out. That's our touching. That's our plugging in. That's our anchoring, rooting our being in God, holding the head. But don't just have a time in the morning for whatever length of time and then go about your, the rest of your day. Hold the head holding the head i have a time now i go downstairs or into the kitchen for breakfast my life partner my roommate my housemate is there hold the head god morning dear god morning sister god morning brother how are you hold the head you get in your car you get on the bus you go to work holding the head you're in work holding the head. You're doing chores around the house, holding the head. In the middle of the day, if it's possible with your vital children, a little break to hold the head, to check that connection. I'm reminded of Susanna Wesley, 20 children in a tiny British house, 20 children. How is it possible to hold the head? Well, apparently, she used to put her apron over her head. That was her little holy of holies. The children knew when you see the apron over the head, don't go there. So we can find ways during the day, in the evening, as we're going to sleep on our pillow. Lord, I just like to hold on to you as I sleep. Hold on to me as I sleep. So we just build up this habit. This practice, consciousness of, Lord, you are the organic life supply. Lord, I want to grow. I don't want to miss your now dispensing. 
And as I mentioned earlier, but as a point again, sometimes the now dispensing isn't just a kind of we're receiving. The now dispensing is transmitting. The now dispensing is saying, speak. The now dispensing is saying, apologize. The now dispensing is telling us, make a turn. So again, how do you grow? You cooperate with the now dispensing. You obey the transmission. Just say something. I don't want to say something. I don't have anything to say. Just say it. Oh, Lord Jesus. The now dispensing. It's not just you're receiving. There's a transmission. You've heard the story before. At least some of you have. I'll repeat it now. I'm reminded. It's not my story. It's Brother Dick's story. Still love it. He goes to the bank. Now, I... Many times in the past when shopping at grocery stores with Brother Dick, and he did now dispense into people all the time. So one day he's going to the bank, he goes to the bank, he does his business, he's leaving the bank, he hasn't shared anything. He salutes the security guard as he's leaving the bank. Just that. The security guard salutes back. He's walking down the street the now dispensing, transmitting divine life says, go back. Go back and speak to the security guard. He begins to argue. Go back. Why? Go back. Why? All I did was salute. Go back. Well, our brother obeyed. He went back. What am I going to say? So he looks at the security guard. And he says, do you know what this means? And the security guard goes, no, what does that mean? And he goes, it means praise the Lord. And the security guard goes, that's exactly what I thought it meant. Now, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to my uh, do you know what this means moment. It is related to the now dispensing. Enjoying, receiving, obeying, the life level going up. I started my morning with you, Lord. Lord, I want to continue my day. I'm in class sitting beside another student. The now dispensing says, give him a tract. The now dispensing says, quietly say, oh, Lord Jesus. The now dispensing says, Talk to him. Invite him to the next message of the conference. Obey the now dispensing for your growth in life. The church grows in this life, by this life, with this life, and through this life. Okay, Colossians 2.19 speaks of the growth of the body. It's the growth of God in us. One says to grow is to have Christ added to us. To grow is to have Christ added to us. Galatians 4.19, my children with whom I travail again in birth until Christ is formed in you. And the footnote says to have Christ formed in us is to have Christ fully grown in us, fully grown. So the Lord wants to add himself every day. Not just in our time of morning revival, but every moment of the day can be an opportunity to receive the now dispensing growth unto full stature and maturity. 
Two, the growth of the body depends on what comes out of Christ as the head. Amen. The growth of the body depends on what comes out of Christ as the head. Um, we just had holding the head in Colossians 2.19. Ephesians 4.15 says, but holding to truth in love. Holding to truth in love. What is the truth? The truth is Christ and the church. Hold on to Christ and hold on to the church. This is a word I love to share with all the trainees in London and in Pretoria and where and Addis and wherever I am. Never leave the church. Never, ever, ever, ever leave the church. Holding to truth. Our growth is not just personal growth. Our growth will be greatly accelerated if we also hold to the meetings of the church, the prayer meeting, the home meeting, the Lord's Day meeting, the most important meeting of the week, holding to truth in love. We love the Lord. We love the saints. We love the church. When we do this, holding to truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things who is the head Christ, out from whom all the body grows with the growth of, of God. It also mentions the operation in the measure of each one part and the joints of rich supply, but maybe we'll touch that later. A says, when the body is supplied by holding the head, the body grows with the growth of God. The body grows out from the head for all the supply comes from the head. So we grow up to, into him in life, and then we function out from him uh, in service. Grow up into him, function out from him. Where does the growth come from? It comes from the head. Where does the function come from? It comes from growth. Function comes from growth. Growth comes from God. If you want to develop your organic function, whether it's preaching the gospel or shepherding or prophesying or speaking or serving practically, I'm looking at a very faithful, dear serving brother, serving very practically out from the head, the function, the growth comes and the function comes. This is the organic secret to the vital living and active church life, Christian life, and group life. Three says the growth of the body depends on the growth of God. Again, saints, the addition of God, the increase of God within us. Lord, grow in me today. Another wonderful little prayer. Lord, grant me this day's growth in life unto maturity. Lord, grant me this day's growth in life unto maturity. Then you might ask, what is this day's growth in life? I don't know, but he knows. So, Lord, may every day count. Grow in me today. Dear saints, we need to pray these kind of prayers. Lord, grow in me. Grow in my gospel partner. Grow in my wife, 
grow in my husband, grow in my children, grow in the dear members of my small group, vital group, grow in the brothers taking the lead. We should pray for a lot of growth. Amen. Okay. A, God is not growing in himself because he is complete and perfect. He is growing within us. Amen. God gives the growth by giving himself to us in a subjective way. So there's that emphasis again. It depends on my personal exercise. No one can grow for you, dear saints. No one can grow for you. You can be helped by saints to grow, but you must personally eat. You must personally contact uh, the living one. Uh, parents, again, know how do children grow? Well, they certainly have a lot of care and love and practical support from their parents, their families, but they need to open their mouth and eat food. Otherwise, no amount of care, no amount of love, no amount of arrangement will cause them to grow. Children grow because they eat. Dear saints, we all need to grow. And then we need to help others uh, eat and grow by supplying other things in the environment. But everybody has to eat for themselves. Amen. The more God is added into us, the more growth he gives to us. This is the way that God gives the growth. Only God can give growth. Only God can give us himself. And without him, we cannot have growth. And I'm reminded of a verse in, uh, you know, we can read our Bible. We can read the ministry. And we should read our Bible, read the ministry. But when we're reading, we need to come to God himself in our reading consciously lord i don't want to read this as a textbook i want to touch you and i want to interact with you through my reading of the word and the ministry so john 5 39 and 40 you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is these that testify concerning me Yet you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So may we, as we read our Bibles, we read the ministry that opens the Bible, come to the Lord himself as life. My wife and I have a regular weekly Bible study with two Christian workers in a Pentecostal church. We've been shepherding them for maybe three years. They're workers in a Pentecostal church, but we have a beautiful time enjoying the Lord. But we always pray, Lord, as we're studying your word, we are coming to you. Enlighten us, shine on us, add yourself to us, grow in us. Amen. One says the addition of God into us is the growth he gives. For God to give us growth actually means he gives us himself. Amen. Um, for God to give us the growth in life means that he is increasing himself in us. Okay, four says how much God grows within us depends on how much room 
we give him to grow. Beautiful verses, Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may make his home in your hearts through faith. That implies the organic union. Then it says that you being rooted and grounded in love. So how does God make home? Well, we root ourselves in his being, like the grafted branches were rooted. In Colossians, it says, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in him, having been rooted and being built up in him. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. You've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in him, have your daily life. In him as a realm. The picture is the good land of Canaan. Our Lord is a realm for us to walk in and live in. Having been rooted downward and being built up, upward. We, get, we root ourselves in love, rooted and grounded in love, the inner substance of God. And we make room. We open the rooms of our house, our heart, our inner being. That is how he grows. If we are occupied, if we are full, if there are many other things that we love occupying us, then this is a hindrance to the Lord. So we need to spend time even before the Lord. Lord, what are the rocks? What are the hindrances? What are, who are the people? What are the circumstances that occupy, that prevent you making home in my heart? Lord, I'm willing to open every door. You know, it says in Revelation, the Lord stands at the door and knocks. He never goes into any home or any room in any home where he's not invited into. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Even right now, as I'm speaking, I know there's a room. And I keep telling the Lord, please, not yet. Not now, not that room. But the Lord is saying, I'm knocking on that door. There's an area in your heart. There's an area in you that I want to come into. I want to bring my light into that darkness. I want to bring my life into that area of death, of disappointment, of loss. I'm knocking, but you have to open the door. Please open the door to me right now. He's a gentleman. He comes in gently. He comes in lovingly. He comes in caring. Our Lord does not go into our room and start chucking furniture out the window. He very carefully adjusts and rearranges things. If something needs to go, he will take it out. With, with your cooperation and much grace. But anyway, give him the room. Lord, this room I open. Every room, Lord. I don't want any room in my house, my heart, where you cannot freely go. You cannot freely adjust or change. Amen. So when we give, when we give God room in us, he expands and increases. You can see how organic how intrinsic this is this is not about outward change outward change i'll buy a new suit i'll cut my hair i'll wash my face 
the Lord wants to touch us. The Lord wants to gain us from the core, from the very center, from the root. His work is inward. It's fine. It's detailed. It's intrinsic. We all need this. Eventually, there will be an outward, healthy, organic, vital expression. But don't try to do it outwardly. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't have a mask. May it be real in all the dear saints, in me and in you, from the core, from the center, from the heart. Okay. Um, the, God's growth in us becomes our growth because he and we are one. Do we all want to grow? I hope every hand would grow up. We want this. Lord, grow in me today. Five, the growth of the church as the body of Christ is the growth of God in the church. The growth of God in the church. Eventually, that growth is in the church. But it is vanity of vanities to think that if the members of the church are not growing, that somehow the church grows. Where does the church growth take place? It takes place mainly in the constituents, in the members. When God grows in you and God grows in me and we come together, there is the growth of the church. Amen. Of course, we have the outward numeric increase. The church can grow numerically. But again, where do those numbers come from? They come from the organic growth and function of the members of the church flowing out the divine life into others. And they're brought into the church life. We dispense into them. We shepherd them. We nourish them. We perfect them. They grow. We grow. And the church grows. Hallelujah. Okay. See, the church grows until it reaches maturity. That's the goal, saints. Don't stop growing. In our human life, yes, we reach a certain age and we stop growing up and we start growing out. Uh, but we reach a kind of a stage of human maturity. There's no more growth. Well, not in the church life. We want to grow unto maturity. The Lord knows when we reach that maturity, but as we read already, until we all arrive. So as you grow and mature, there should be an organic, intrinsic burden for others' growth in life unto maturity. If you go back to Song of Songs, and the Lord is appraising his lover in chapter 4. It's beautiful. Your hair, your eyes, your lips, your mouth, your neck. And then he refers to, he says, your breasts. Well, the breasts signify faith and love. Faith and love, which need to grow in equal measure. With, by faith, we experience and receive the Lord. And with love, we enjoy the Lord and love him back. Faith and love. But later on in Song of Songs chapter 8, the lover says to her beloved, my little sister has no breasts, meaning she's not mature. She is still 
infantile or childish, not that much faith, not that much love. But her concern is for her little sister. As she matures, as she grows, as she co-works with her beloved, her concern is for her little sister. We would have the same care for the younger ones in our church life, home life, and Christian life. Okay, so we all arrive. Christ has a fullness. The fullness has a stature, and the stature has a measure. I'm going to go through this quite quickly. It's worthy of our uh, review later. I can't get into all the details, uh, but I will read Ephesians 4.13. Until we all arrive at the oneness of the faith and of the full knowledge of the Son of God at a full-grown man, until we all arrive at a full-grown man, at the measure of the stature of Christ. So Christ has a measure with a stature or a stature as a measure. We'll read it in a few minutes. The point is, is this is related to growth. The life level needs to go up. It needs to reach a certain measure, a certain stature. That will be the built-up body of Christ. That will be the prepared bride, and then he will come back. Hallelujah. But I just want to repeat, until we all arrive at this measure and stature. Okay. The body of Christ is his fullness, his expression. The riches expressed are the fullness. This is a wonderful ministry term. The fullness is the expression of the riches. Our Christ is unsearchably rich. Paul says in Ephesians 3.8, Was this grace given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches? They're unsearchable. They're rich. But they're being dispensed right now into you and me. When those riches reach a certain level of constitution in our being, there's a fullness. There's an expression. The church is his fullness. The one who fills all in all. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. That's what we're aiming at. Christ, who is the infinite God, without any limitation, is so great that he fills all things in all things. Again, Ephesians 1.23. B says, such a great Christ needs the church to be his fullness for his complete expression. Through the enjoyment of the riches of Christ, and I have added here the unsearchable riches of Christ, the reference is Ephesians 3.8, we become his fullness his complete expression. So as we, okay, enjoyment is something in our soul. As we enjoy the riches of Christ, our spirit is the receiving organ. Our soul is the enjoying organ. We exercise our spirit to receive Christ, and then we allow this Christ to spread into our mind, emotion, and will for our enjoyment. The spreading into our soul is our enjoyment. 
and I think you can testify when you're in a meeting, really exercising your spirit, really receiving the supply. There is much enjoyment. Your mind is set on the spirit. You're loving the Lord. You're exercising your will to stand up and prophesy, to declare, to shout, to praise, to give a testimony. This is the enjoyment of the riches. We can have this personally, but all the more we have it in the meetings of the church. The prayer meeting. Is the prayer meeting an enjoyment? The prayer meeting is an enjoyment if you are in your mingled spirit. Hallelujah. And functioning in that meeting. Don't come to the meeting and just be passive. Be in that prayer meeting in your spirit. Be in the now dispensing transmission. He gives you something to pray Open your mouth, flow him out, then he'll flow more in, prophesying the same, home meeting the same. Let us be the spirit exercising, mind, will, and emotion, enjoying, growing, brothers and sisters, for the expression of the riches of Christ in his church. Okay, the fullness of Christ, uh, which is his body, has a stature. The stature of the fullness of Christ is the stature of the body of Christ. Amen. Okay, for the fullness of Christ. Okay, time is running out. The fullness of Christ has a stature, and this stature has a measure. Because the stature of the church, the body of Christ, grows, Paul speaks of its measure. This measure is the full-grown man until we arrive at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ at a full-grown man. This should be my personal goal, but all the more it should be our corporate goal. The full-grown man is not me and not you. It's us. It's the church. It's the churches. It's the universal church, the body of Christ. So all of us, wherever we are on the earth, are all laboring together to bring forth this reality. Please do not separate your local church, your country, or your region from this great universal goal. We are all laboring together. Later, we can talk about blending and fellowship and traffic. We are one body, dear saints. The church in London is a sister church to the church in Johannesburg, Pretoria, Durban, Cape Town, Nailsburg. The churches in Europe, the churches in Southern Africa, the churches in North America, South America, Australasia, Asia, everywhere. We are one body. We are one universal church. What happens in Southern Africa matters to the body of Christ. What happens in other parts of the earth must matter, should matter to the churches in Southern Africa. We are one body. We are co-working, co-laboring, co-growing to bring forth this reality on the earth and bring our precious dear Lord back. Okay. To have the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ is not a matter for individuals. It is a matter of a corporate body. So it's not at the individual level, personally. It's related to your local church. It's not about just your local church or the churches in your country. This is a 
corporate, universal corporate body matter. And I did want to just mention quickly just um, Ephesians 3 to bring forth this matter that it's not individual, 18 and 19. So in that you may be full of strength to apprehend with all the saints. Where does the strength come from? Where does the apprehension come from? It's with all the saints. Uh, what the breadth and length and uh, height and depth are. These are the Im immeasurable dimensions of Christ. Yet it says we can apprehend them. How is that possible? It's possible in the church, in the body of Christ. The universal vast dimensions, uh, even the unsearchable riches, are being dispensed into the whole church on the earth. That is the vessel that can contain and express the riches. Not me, not my small group, not even my local church can contain all the riches. So you see, it needs to be even beyond our church level. It must be the churches, the body can contain and express the riches. I need you, you need me. I need the church in Pretoria to grow and Johannesburg. We need the churches in Southern Africa to grow. We need the churches in Europe to grow and North America. We must be so burdened for the growth of the saints and the churches on the whole earth. Amen. As Christ, okay, and then verse 19, and to know the knowledge surpassing love of Christ. How can you know something that's knowledge surpassing? You can know it in the church. You can know the love of God in the church. You may even feel, I'm not that loved by the Lord. But if you put yourself in the church and all the dear saints are enjoying the love of God, then you can experience the love of God, not necessarily initially directly, but through the other members. It is absolutely possible it is marvelous. Um, here's just a little point of truth. Ephesians, the book on the church. The word love is used 19 times in Ephesians. So there's something about love. Why? Because you know what love is? Love is God. God is love. Love is the inner substance of God. As God grows, as God increases in us, his love grows and increases. The best growth medium, the best soil for growth, love. Rooted and grounded in love. Grow in love. The inner substance of God. And then the expression of love is grace. So if you truly love the Lord, you love the, the dear ones around you, you extend much grace because grace the source of grace is love as you grow in love you will grow in grace you will just be so gracious toward your feather, fellow brothers and sisters as a sign of the love that's in you increasing okay 
As Christ grows within us, we will gradually arrive at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Gradually arrive, little by little, day by day, drop by drop, drop of oil by drop of oil, gradually arriving. We need to press on until we all arrive at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is our goal, and we must diligently press toward it until we all reach it together. And I'll just make a note here. Again, perhaps the best place for this to take place is the vital groups, the home meetings. We must be in the meetings of the church. But a lot of this fine, detailed work takes place in our groups. May our groups be vital groups full of life, full of love, full of grace, and full of activity. That could be the greatest service to the church. You have your vital personal life. You come together with other vital brothers and sisters in a group meeting. You shepherd, you beget, you nourish, you perfect, you um, teach, you shepherd, you dispense the young ones in your group grow, then you as a group come to the meeting of the church. Can you imagine what kind of church meeting you will have if five or ten vital groups come together on a Lord's Day in a home or in a, a church meeting place? I think the roof would come off. So this, we need this, dear saints. We need to develop the vital groups in the church life, and then have the culture of coming together for a marvelous display of the unsearchable riches of Christ that we have enjoyed house to house and day by day. And then we come to the feast on the Lord's Day morning, or we come to the feast at the prayer meeting. Our vital group is so burdened to pray. We come together. Prayer is a big secret in the vital groups. Okay. So then we'll conclude the message. Roman 2. This part is related to the growth of the body becoming the prepared bride. I must decrease. He must increase. The increase and growth of Christ in his body is his increase to be his bride, to be his body, to be his bride. And he is coming back for his prepared bride. Very much a matter of love. The organic increase of the church is the increase of Christ in his organic body as his bride. So we need to really love the Lord and love the saints and love the increase that we then become his, his bride. The, so uh, John chapter 3, he who has the bride has the bridegroom. John 3.30, he must increase. He must increase to be so that the increase of Christ in us produces us as the bride. The fullness of Christ is his body, and the body of Christ is his counterpart, his bride. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. He must increase. The increase in John 3.30 is the bride in verse 29. And the bride is a composition of all the regenerated people. So we have to see the connection 
between the growth of the body and the preparation of the bride. They go together. They are the same thing, but from different angles. While the body is a matter of life, the bride is a matter of love. Lord, you're my first love. You're my best love. In Revelation, the Lord's rebuke to Ephesus was, you have left your first love. You have many works, you do many things, but you, I have one thing against you, you have left your first love. Our work, he says, he says, repent and do the first works. What are the first works? They're the works that are produced from the first love. If you are serving in the church, if you are serving the church, the first thing we must do is love the Lord and love the brothers and sisters. Amen. Regeneration not only brings the divine life into the believers, but it also makes them the corporate bride for, his, for Christ's increase. Christ increases by regenerating the redeemed sinners making them his bride. Chapter 3 of the Gospel of John reveals the increasing Christ, the one who speaks the words of God and who gives the Spirit not by measure. This is his heart. He doesn't want to hold back anything. He wants to give everything to us. Just as if a brother was courting a sister, he wants to pour out on her, she wants to pour out on him, the Lord wants to pour out on us to prepare us as his beloved bride. When someone receives his words, the spirit follows to be the reality of what he says. So we need to pray over all of this material to receive the subjective experience and reality of all of these outlines. This is why it's so important to remain at a conference in a kind of focused state, in a prayerful state, spending the time, wasting the time to prayerfully review the outlines and the fellowship. Uh, Christ increases himself by speaking God's word to spread God and by giving the spirit of God to be the reality of what he spoke in order to dispense eternal life into people, making them the children of God to be Christ's increase. This is how Christ becomes the increasing Christ. D, the increase of Christ is the multiplication and reproduction of Christ. The regenerated part of our being is a part of Christ's increase, his bride. The regenerated part, our spirit, but our spirit wants to spread, grow, and increase in our soul and eventually, eventually our uh, glorified body. We need to allow and cooperate with the Spirit. We receive the Word, but we pray that the Spirit will apply the Word in our personal and corporate experience. E, the bride as the increase of Christ is Christ himself because the body of Christ, the Christ, is the corporate Christ composed of Christ as the head and the church as his body with all the believers uh, as his members amen so i think that's because of time it's still thankfully we have a few minutes to overflow the intrinsic growth dear saints of the church for its organic increase 
May he increase in us. May he increase in us organically. May he increase in us intrinsically. May he increase in us individually, in our groups, in our districts, in our church, in the church, the body of Christ. May we reach full maturity, the full stature of the man Christ Jesus to be his built-up body and his prepared bride to bring him back. May we enjoy this intrinsic growth today. Amen.